Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. Joe's breath gave out here, and wrapping her head in the paper, she bedewed her little story with a few natural tears, for to be independent and earn the praise of those she loved were the dearest wishes of her heart, and this seemed to be the first step toward that happy end. Louisa May Alcott, Little Women. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by Hunter McClendon, regular From the Front Porch contributor and bookstagrammer at Shelf by Shelf. In honor of Greta Gerwig and Louisa May Alcott, we're diving into the genius that is Little Women. I'm so excited. I, look, anybody who's followed me on Instagram for the past, oh, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, month, knows that I am obsessed. Mm -hmm. I was obsessed when I was eight. And fast forward, I'm nearly 34. Oh my gosh, I almost said 44. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Nearly 34. And I'm obsessed all over again. And I blame Greta Gerwig. Same. I, I, it, the thing is, I, I, we'll get into this later, but I read the book last year. Let's get into it now. Okay. Tell me your feelings. Cause I know you read this last year and I let you have your opinion. Cause that's what friends do. Mm-hmm. We, it, because it's fine. Not every yeah. book is for every person. Okay. My problem is, is that it, I don't feel like it was sold to me, not by you, but like by other people on Instagram People made it out to be something very different than I expected. Okay. I thought it was going to be this very, like, lush, very, it's very different type of classic. Yes. And the language was very different than I expected. Yes. And so... And look, it's a moral story. Yes. Like, it's very... Did you and I talk about when I went, when I went to London, the the staff loves when I say that, Olivia (laughs) and Lucy love when I say that. Um, when I went to London, we'd gotten a conversation about British kids lit versus American kids lit. Mm -hmm. And no matter how much I want to love British children's lit, which is more folklore fairy tale, I grew up on American children's lit, Mm -hmm. which was super moralistic. And like, (laughs) this is what happens as you build virtue. And I, what can I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say, except that's what I grew up with. And I love it. No, yeah. And, like, I I will say this. So, although I did not read Little Women as a child, I do remember it was... A, I remember seeing the book um, when I was eight years old at the local library. And I remember... The, isn't it Christmas won't be Christmas? Yes. Yeah, Christmas won't be Christmas without any presents. That's the opening line, isn't yes, it? Yeah. Okay, and it's dialogue. Right. Yeah. And so, I remember... That when I started writing, Mm -hmm. I started every single story with dialogue. (laughs) Because that was what you... Because I saw that in Little Women. And Little Women was the biggest book I'd ever seen. And I Mm -hmm. checked it out four times with the intent to read it. and never did because I thought I wasn't smart enough. (laughs) And then when I read it last year, I think I just had a very different expectation. Um, What prompted you to read it for the first time as an adult? Yeah, the movie. Yeah, I was... Because I loved Lady Bird. I loved the cast. 
there's that one pick, that first still they had of Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet, like, on the hill, which, by oh. the way, is more beautiful in the movie than in the still. Yes. Like... Which, which you wouldn't think would be possible. Right, because the still is gorgeous. I'm gonna make it my phone background. Oh, I, <laughs> I literally had... The, like the posters as my background for so long but then people kept thinking it was like family because they was in the movie <laughs> and I was like that image of them on the hill is so beautiful it, like, it's I'm, beautifully shot I would cry like, I could cry it's gorgeous <laughs> the whole movie is gorgeous but anyway um, but yeah so that's that's why I picked it up and then I read it I thought it was fine but I will say I went back and I read the first chapter after seeing the movie and I was like why did I not why did this not resonate this is the best thing ever yeah so I do want to go back and reread it now I think her adaptation is plays with format Mm -hmm. in such a way that is going to make the book maybe more appealing Mm -hmm. um because I so we got in the theater I went with Ashley so I read as most I feel like I've told this before, but Little Women I read when I was eight, Mm -hmm. Um, which looking back feels like a young age to read it, but maybe that was normal um, because that's when you saw it at the library too. So I read it when I was eight. It is the first book I remember wanting to stay up late and read. Mm -hmm. So I was supposed to be in bed and instead I was in my closet with my flashlight reading Little Women and I am not typically a crier and I wasn't as a kid, but I wept when Joe is dismissive of Lori Mm -hmm. and it wrecked me like as an eight year old, it felt like the people who were supposed to be together weren't together. And I, I, that was like maybe the first time I'd ever seen that. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, that is my experience with the book. I have reread it over the years. I've reread a lot of Louise Malcott's books. After we got out of the theater, I was like, I need Greta Gerwig to (laughs) now adapt Rose in Bloom Mm -hmm. and eight cousins, eight cousins comes first then Rose in Bloom an old-fashioned girl, which I've talked about many times on this podcast. So I want Greta Gerwig to do that, but I also know she has to move on in her career. But the movie, you walk in, and it's not that scene where Joe is on the rug, Mm -hmm. Christmas will be Christmas without any presents. Instead, it's her at the publisher's office. And at first, as a longtime fan of the book, I was slightly disoriented. And I was like, oh, wait, where are we? And now I'm like, no, this is genius Mm -hmm. because – what it does is reminds you that a lot of the things, a lot of these characters make more sense as you see them as adults too. Mm-hmm. And Louise Malcott tells everything in chronological order, which is fine and yeah. lovely and something I enjoyed growing up. But to see Greta Gerwig kind of play with time, I think is going to help the book and help maybe people who didn't like it the first time. And, and look, Again, not every book is for every person. Little Women doesn't have to be for you. Right. Um, but it is it is for me. No, it's <laughs> it is like, for sure for me. I. It's funny because I think that, I'll be honest, like I will probably read the book and love it partly because I will be able to imagine Greta Gerwig's version mm-hmm. as I read it. Because I will say that I looked up the cast of the 1994 version whenever I was reading it the first time just to get like an idea in yes. my head. Had you seen the 94 version? Um, no, I'd actually only seen the... I'd seen the one with the, the like 30s one and the 50s one. Okay. I've seen those I have also seen. Mm-hmm. The one with Catherine Hepburn as Joe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, right, Elizabeth Taylor as Amy? I think that's right. Ye- Question yes. mark? I think that's right. She's either in... She's in one of them. She's right? in yes. one of them. Maybe not the same one. Anyway, she's in one of them. The 94 version is what I grew up mm-hmm. on. And yet... Now, I liked Christian Bale as Laurie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to blame Kirsten Dunst because I'm super supportive of her and her career. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if she is part of my Amy problem. 
Should okay. we dive into Amy now? Yes. Okay. I'm ready. Is Amy redeemed? Oh yes. <laughs> yes. And here's the thing too, is that like I don't even I don't even know if I blame Kristen Dunst. I I could not connect with the adult Amy in the ninety four version. Yeah. I don't know. It was just I didn't think maybe it was Kristen Dunst a little bit. I don't know. I also think it is just the writing of it. But Spoiler alert, but, like, like Amy burns the book, burns <laughs> Joe's book. And it's funny because, like, I just imagined, you know, when I when I read it, when I watched the 1994, because I watched the 94 movie, like, right after oh, I okay. read it. And it was very long. Um, which <laughs> I haven't seen it in a They're, long like, time. the same length. They're, like, Greta Gerwig and Greta Gerwig's version and the 1994 version are the same length, but it does not feel like that. That version I could truly watch over and over again. I've seen it same. twice in the theater, and I, I need to see it again. I'm ready to own it. Like, yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, but so, Amy, but whenever she burns the book in the movie, I was just like, oh, yeah, I could drown her. Like, it's fine. Um, <laughs> in the 94 version? Yes, yeah. which is horrible. But when I watched... When I watched it happen, in, and that's the thing, too, to show the most, like, like irredeemable yeah. act, like, you know, to show that and to still make, make it make sense. Yes. That was brilliant. It was, because that moment is still horrifying to me, but mm-hmm. when I read it as an eight-year-old, it was unforgivable. Yeah. Like, it was truly, and I need to go back, I haven't reread Little Women in a couple years, but... It was unforgivable to me. And we've talked about before how I've apologized to Amy's, who I know in real life, because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have a hard time with you, and it's not even your fault. Yeah. And I have since, the Greta Gerwig movie came out, I have since met women who are like, no, I loved Amy, but always felt weird saying it, and Mm -hmm. now I feel like I can say it again. And I think that's because Greta Gerwig and Florence Pugh, who Mm -hmm. is now an Academy Award nominee, they represented... Amy in such a way where her decisions at least made sense Mm -hmm. as a lifelong Joe. It still is hard to watch the book being burned. It is still hard. I forgot how much it pains me that aunt March takes Amy rather than Joe to Europe. And I literally have goosebumps. The reveal of it. This just shows how nuanced Greta Gerwig's version. I just keep praising Greta Gerwig's version because it is that good, but the way that the reveal happens in the Greta Gerwig version, it made it feel, it felt just so right. I don't know how to explain it except for you to be able to see everyone's reaction, to see Marmee's reaction, to being like happy for one daughter, comforting of the other, trying to find that balance, to see the other sisters not fully aware of what's happening. Yes. And, and it just, oh, so like... So touching and so yes. meaningful. And... Even though typically I'm just mad at Amy, mm-hmm. now I found myself just remorseful for Joe. Yes. So I could still appreciate Amy's excitement and mm-hmm. still appreciate, even understand Amy's decision to burn the book. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't necessarily dismiss it, but I understood it now, mm-hmm. and it made me, I think, feel for Joe instead of be angry at Amy. And then Amy's performance, Florence Pugh's performance, as we see Amy and Lori's relationship develop, Mm -hmm. that's another thing that obviously has been traumatic for me from childhood, (laughs) is this Amy and Lori relationship. Um, It broke me, even Mm -hmm. in this movie adaptation. Like, I could see it happening, and Greta Gerwig handled it so well where I'm like, okay, I can understand this. And I've read Louisa May Alcott biographies and been able to understand all of the reasoning behind who gets paired with who as they grow older. But that Amy Laurie connection has always been hard until maybe watching Florence Pugh 
explain the economics of marriage yes. in this scene that I think is truly unforgettable. It is. It is. Like, she she has this little lip quiver at one point when she's talking about it. And I think it makes you understand how smart she has been her whole life to know mm-hmm. that this is where she's leading to. And she... And I think that, it, I don't know, it just like, and it, it, it is heartbreaking, but also beautiful. And I think Aunt March has seen that in her, has mm-hmm. seen that savvy in her. Mm-hmm. And then, not to get off the rails, yeah. but I didn't know, you know, Timothy Chalamet is so, so very small. Yes. Such a petite guy, mm-hmm. like so thin. Yeah. Um, but, man, he starts undoing her apron and I was like, oh my, <laughs> how oh. old is Timothy Chalamet? Am I allowed to have... A married lady crush on him? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> listen, well, listen, it was worse. Like, it was worse for me. When I watched Call Me By Your Name, this is slightly on top of Oh, yeah. Like, he was, like, <laughs> he was, like, very, he, I mean, he was old enough to, like, he did, like, I mean, he's, it's not an appropriate thing if you're, if he was an adult. Yeah. But when I was watching that, I was, like, I, I don't, am I, is this okay? I'm feeling things. Yeah, but I think he also, he has, like, a way of being able to convey a different level of maturity in his performance than... Yeah. That I thought was interesting. So let's talk about Joe a little bit because Joe in the book is somebody I think I connected with. And of course, as all people who read books, I thought Joe was made for me. Mm -hmm. And as I have grown up and older, I realized, oh no, a lot of, not every woman I know, but a lot of women I know feel that way. And so I've had to share Joe with other people. Mm -hmm. But the 94 version, which was praised and I think Mm -hmm. up for other awards, was Winona Ryder up for one? Uh, Best Actress, yeah. Okay. So I actually never loved that. What is her accent? That just throws, like, when I was watching it, especially, okay, I'm being really judgy, but, like, at one point, she's eating ice cream at the part at the Christmas party thing or whatever, and she's just like, oh, whatever. And I was like, girl, you are not, like, I love her in other things, but I did not love her in that. Look, I also love her in other things. Um, mm-hmm. I think Stranger Things has really... T- turned Winona because you know I grew up when Winona Ryder was ma- basically known for stealing yes like, <laughs> so I think her career has really taken a turn and I mm-hmm. and look she was a well-known wonderful actress before I'm just saying I grew up yeah. when that was like the turning point in her career was mm-hmm. her stealing things which looking back what a minor I know, I know. <laughs> what a pre-2020 <laughs> problem yeah um but I was never a full fan of her performance mm-hmm. turns out I'm okay with that because now I have Saoirse Ronan. I literally... (sighs) Like, the moment... Okay, there's a scene with Marmy and Joe, Mm -hmm. and it is the scene that I have gone on the record as saying it's the scene that broke me, Mm -hmm. um, where it's post-book burning, Mm -hmm. and Marmy looks at Joe, and it's a line straight from the book Mm -hmm. where she tells Joe, I have been angry nearly every day of my life, Mm -hmm. and I wept. (laughs) Hundreds not to cry now. Um, and then those Marmy Joe moments that we see where we mm-hmm. see that Joe is really a lot like Marmy. Yeah. I think I always assumed Meg was a lot like Marmy. Yeah. And for the first time, I think I realized no, Joe is like Marmy. Mm-hmm. And they exchange these glances. And then that final scene, how Greta Gerwig decides to wrap up the story, mm-hmm. is with little women being printed and turned into a book. Mm-hmm. And it is the same reaction I had um, when Meryl Streep as Julia Child receives the copy of her cookbook on the front porch of her home. 
Saoirse Ronan's look of pride mm-hmm. and also clearly thinking back to the death of her sister who mm-hmm. made this happen. Mm-hmm. All of the facial expressions that Saoirse Ronan experiences, mm-hmm. I felt like I experienced right with her. Yeah. I, the, I, as people got up in the theater around me, I just sat there weeping while mm-hmm. Ashley, my cousin, looked at me and was like, are you, are you done? <laughs> no. I'm not done, nor will I ever no, I was be about done. to say, like, I can't, which, like, like just quickly about Beth, Beth, that's the one who dies. Yes. Yes, okay. Eliza Scanlon? Uh, who is amazing. I, let in, me tell you. Uh, Sharp Objects. Yes, I love her Sharp Objects. So different here. So, so different, different. Which means I, she's going to have an outstanding career. I'm so excited, and it's, it's so funny, because, like, Claire Danes, I'm sorry, Claire, but... That was not for me. Like, her weird faces, her, like, weird crying faces, I wasn't here for it. I'm so judgy. I'm, it's fine. Anyway. Okay. I'm sorry. No. But Eliza Scanlon was just so beautiful. What is it this... about this Beth performance? Because I'm like you. When I was eight, mm-hmm. I did not weep over Beth. Mm-hmm. I wept over Lori and Joe. Yeah. I cared about Beth. Mm-hmm. I really did. But yeah. what is it about this version where this is the first time, I kid you not, this is the first time in dozens of readings, mm-hmm. movie adaptations, where I have cried at Beth's death. Do you know, I think that part of, I think something that was really smart was that it really puts an emphasis on her selflessness and her selflessness as destruction. Mm. in a way that I feel like, I mean, cause like it really, cause I mean, that is why without just sick. making it this pious. Yeah. She's cause I do think, and I do think Louise Mayalka even portrays her this way as this kind of perfect angel person. Mm-hmm. And I do think we get to see her being super silly in this yeah. movie. And we get to see her make decisions where she's not being totally perfect. Mm -hmm. She's just saying, we promised to go do something. I guess I'll just go do it. She's kind of stubborn. Like we get to see her stubbornness. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, her reactions with Chris Cooper, Mr. Lawrence, (laughs) Chris Cooper, where did he come from? I mean, I know where he came from, but like, when, when she, (laughs) when she goes to thank him for the piano. Yes. And she, and she is like, and like they hug, and then he's like, "You sit, girl." <laughs> but I cannot. Yeah, I'm like emotional. I'm like, I'm. You're, he's he's got to get it together. No, it was just so. And like when Chris Cooper is crying on the staircase. Oh, when he's crying on the staircase, ooh. done. Done. Yeah, like lost it. Yeah, it was such a smart decision. The shot for shot, like the past and the and the present part of um, Joe waking up. Joe going to the table, Ooh. running down the stairs. It's like a shot-for-shot shot thing of, like, the past and present of both times that Beth is sick. And the reveal, and you seeing more... I'm like... Oh, yeah. I think you, for the first time, too, and maybe... You know, I, I'm going to give all the credit to Greta Gerwig. I think it's also that I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. And Marmy's motherhood is so powerful to me. Mm-hmm. And so to see her weeping over the loss of a child and her clinging to Joe, mm-hmm. we rarely see Marmy in a moment of weakness or mm-hmm. sadness. We see her be stoic. Laura Dern. So good. Stunning. Which, stunning. You know, speaking of her, like always being like a very like strong person, I think that's what was so smart about that way that Greta Gerwig did this was that she showed the weaknesses of Marmy before she approached the girls and stuff at different moments. It kind of showed these yeah. moments where she had to build up her strength. Yes. And I think that understanding how hard it was for her to build up her strength, but still doing it anyway. And some of the snark to the dad when he comes home, yeah. I was like, here for it, because they're 
people. Yeah. Um, and I, the depth that these characters had, I want to know as somebody who's read the book once and now seen the movie, mm-hmm. we know why Louisa May Alcott makes the decision to s- put Joe with professor bear. We mm-hmm. understand that. We know the history behind it. Mm-hmm. We understand that it wasn't what Louise May Alcott wanted to do. Joe was really supposed to stay single forever. Mm-hmm. What do we think about the Joe and Lori relationship? What do you think about it? I know what I think about it. What do you think about it? I, you know, in a way, I kind of felt, okay, so when I read it the first time, I felt manipulated as a reader into being, like, being, like, seduced into, like, this romance of theirs just to have it snatched from me is how I felt at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was here for this and mm-hmm. it's gone now. And now I like looking back, I realized that like, you know, it, it really is just me putting all my feelings into like romance. Cause I'm that kind of person. Mm-hmm. But when I watched the movie, something that I love was that while Sersha and Timothy's chemistry is like <laughs> off the charts, I also think that it did such a beautiful job of showing like that she could see I think that it shows that you know Joe could see she could see that life for herself it's mm-hmm. not what she wants but she she could see it enough mm-hmm. but that she also has she set this line she set this boundary where this is a friendship to her mm-hmm. and it's clear to her that it is and like and they're just you know it, it reminded me of my like I think about my friend Madison and how when we were in high school like I'll be honest it was a romance that was never gonna happen <laughs> but but I remember these I remember like these moments we would have I mean we would, we would like put on each other's clothes and do all these weird you know we would like we were so interconnected mm-hmm. and I think when you become a when you have a kid when you're like a kindred spirit to somebody I think that just be, I don't know like like romance just seems to feel like it could always be an option right in your mind and so I think that that's I don't know it's just so complicated it's so complicated and I have come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. I, even as I have gotten older, have decided, well, Professor Bear makes more sense for Joe. Mm-hmm. The truth is, though, the heart wants what it wants. Mm-hmm. And I still want Joe with Lori because as a reader, as a rom-com aficionado, mm-hmm. I love friendships turned into romances. Mm-hmm. Also, that's the love story I lived. Like, it's yeah. the, like... I don't even love using the word love story around what Jordan and I have, but like we met as 18 year old children and we were friends. And so I love watching a friendship bloom into something more while also knowing you can maintain a perfectly lovely friendship Mm -hmm. in a, in a truly platonic way. But Lori and Joe feel so connected to me. And then I think where I struggle is my feeling is their friendship will never look the same. Yeah post him marrying Amy. Mm -hmm. It just can't. Yeah. And, and I, there's a part of me even that wants more from Amy when Amy in the movie says she refuses to play second to Joe. I think that's one of the first times I truly felt for Amy. Mm -hmm. And I really thought, Oh, she's right. Her whole life. She has lived in the shadow. And just like I saw Joe and Marmy as similar Mm -hmm. for perhaps the first time, I also saw Joe and Amy, you know, in the book, we know that Joe and Beth have this special connection and Meg and Amy have this special connection. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense to me. Yeah. But Joe and Amy's ambition matches. They are. And I think part of the reason they don't get along or they struggle with one another is because they are similar. Yeah. And so I think Greta Gerwig's ability to bring that out in the story, obviously the ending is what it is and I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been around since when the 1800s. So I think I'm okay, but I will say 
how this ending wrapped up for me made me, I was happy. I was happy yeah. with how this new thing went. I thought it was a good. I think because when it boils down to it, yes. Do I want Jane, Joe and Lori together? Sure. Mm-hmm. But the point is these sisters and the point is Joe and her writing. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Yeah. And so for it to end with this book being made and her finally seeing her words come to life and the words that pour out of her and that make the most sense are the stories about her sisters, mm-hmm. the words about her sisters and her life. And I love Amy telling Joe that her words matter. Yeah. Um, I think you and I have talked before Stories about quiet people matter. Yeah. Quiet lives matter. Mm-hmm. And I love Little Women reminds us of that. Yeah. Um, because really there aren't, I mean, we could talk about book burning. We can talk about Meg going to a party. We can talk mm-hmm. about limes. We can talk, like, I can name you all these little things, best death, but there really aren't these huge climactic moments in Little Women. It's yeah. really this quiet little yeah. virtuous story. Mm-hmm. I've referenced, I'll get Michelle to put it in the show notes, but there's this great review, weirdly, by the guy who used to host the Gilmore Guys podcast, mm-hmm. um, Kevin Porter. He posts this review of Little Women and how much he loved it. And he talks about the reason he loves it is that it's a reminder that virtue still matters mm-hmm. and living a life of integrity mattered to these women. And yeah. um, I loved that. I loved it so much. And I think that's why the story resonated with me. Okay. After it's all said and done, are you going to reread Little Women? Yes, for sure. Okay. For sure. And I, because I, like I said, you know, I I read the first chapter after I saw it and I did, I was like, oh, this is so good. I don't know why I didn't, but yeah, I'll probably this year, I will probably end up rereading it and I'll probably love it because Greta Gerwig has instilled, like, I think she, I think she showed me what because we'd never really talked about it before. No, you and I haven't. That's yeah. Like, yeah. But I think that, like, I, like, and I'm, I feel like even now, I, like, after understanding your love for it, I would probably be able to see that. I think it makes me want to reread it. Mm-hmm. It makes me, I'm, I've gone to see it twice. I'm ready to go see it a third time <laughs> in the theater. It also makes me profoundly grateful. Last year I read, or two years ago, 2018, I guess, I read Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, mm-hmm. which is a really great piece of literary criticism about the impact of Little Women. Does it still matter? Why does it still matter? Mm-hmm. It made me, I read a great Louisa May Alcott biography a few years ago called um, Louisa May Alcott, The Woman Behind Little Women. I actually think it's out of print now. Um, but I loved that Greta Gerwig showed how personal the story of Little Women was to Louise Mayalcott and put parts about Louise Mayalcott into Joe's character. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Joe writes with both hands, yeah. like that's Louise Mayalcott. Like, so I love those little kind of sneaky little bits of detail. I also read, I'm going to have to, again, watch it a third time to pick yeah. up on it, but apparently some of the dialogue Greta Gerwig uses is from Rosenblum and yeah. from... Eight Cousins, which shows me that Greta Gerwig, it shows me that we're supposed to be best friends is what it shows me. Um, but I, I think I too am ready to reread Little Women and look at these through now a very different lens than I did when I was eight. And even a different lens, probably the last time I read it was when I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a way different place. And I'm curious, you know, Meg, I feel like has always gotten the short end of the stick. Her story just isn't quite as compelling maybe but even her quiet little moments in the movie i felt like were pretty powerful yeah 
her ability to look at Joe and kind of say, just because we've, we're living different dreams or just because our dreams are different doesn't mean mine doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I thought that was lovely. Yeah. Um, so it makes me want to kind of go back and look at the book with, I don't know, a 30-something-year-old yeah. lens instead of a 20-something. I'm just so grateful. You know, this could have gone either way. Yeah. It could have been cheesy. It could have been. But in under Greta Gerwig's direction, I just felt like she did such justice. I think Louisa May Alcott would love this adaptation. Oh, yeah. I think. I Because I think it really does approach things with the 21st century sensibility. Mm-hmm. And yet still stays true to the overall arc and purpose mm-hmm. of the story of Little Women. Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely. Thanks, Hunter. Thank you. Um, should we give a plug? Part of the reason we did this, obviously, was because we can't stop talking about Little Women. Right. Um, but for Backlist Book Club, in March, we are going to read... March by... Geraldine Brooks. Yes. Which I am so excited because I knew this existed mm-hmm. in the back of my brain, but it has long been forgotten by me. Yeah. And so, can you explain the premise? It's... a it's, I can't even say it's a retelling of Little Women, but it is a, it's the story of, um, the father, the, like, the, their, the girl's father. What is his name? Oh, I don't know. Oh, father? It's father, <laughs> it's father March. It is the father, and, like, it's him, and what is his story that's taking place at the same time of Little, Little Women. Women. So, we are going to read Four Backlist Book Club, March by Geraldine Brooks. That episode will go live in March, so you've got. Uh, I don't know, six weeks or something to read it, which is great because that's about how long I think I'll (laughs) need. It's not super thick. I just have a lot of other things to read. Um, But that'll be our first backlist book selection for 2020. Okay. Thank you so much, Hunter. Thank you. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Hunter, what are you reading this week? Oh, I'm reading Real Life by Brandon Taylor. It comes out in February. It is so good. But I can't tell you anything about it. You just have to go in when you get it. Okay. I am reading and loving Saint X by Alexis Shapkin, which is also out in February, February 18th. I I have I've loved reading it. Like it is compulsively readable, so I can't wait to talk about it. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving us a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, Anna Karenina, <laughs> and receive free shipping on all your online orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We are so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.